grace, mercy, and peace are yours through the Triune God. Whether you're listening from far away or next to beautiful Seneca Lake, we hope that through the reading and proclaiming of Scripture, you hear God's wisdom, challenge, and blessing for you today. If you're able to worship with us on Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m., we at Hector Presbyterian Church would love to share Christ's peace with you. Let us hear what the Spirit is saying through the Word. For God speaks peace to trusting hearts, to those who seek the ways of wisdom. Let us pray. Merciful God, let your spirit soar free in the proclaiming of scripture. Confirm your covenant promises. Sustain the weary with a word. Guide us in Jesus's way of love. Amen. A reading from the prophet Isaiah. The eternal one says, act justly and do what is righteous because my salvation is coming soon and my righteousness will be revealed. Happy is the one who does this, the person who holds it fast, who keeps the Sabbath, not making it impure and avoids doing any evil. Don't let the immigrant who has joined with the eternal one says, the eternal one will exclude me from the people and don't let the eunuch say, I am just a dry tree. The eternal one says to the eunuch who keep my Sabbaths, Choose what I desire and remain loyal to my covenant. In my temple and courts, I will give them a monument and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give to them an enduring name that won't be removed. The immigrants who have joined me, serving me and loving my name, becoming my servants, everyone who keeps the Sabbath without making it impure, and those who hold fast to my covenant, I will bring them to my holy mountain and bring them joy in my house of prayer. I will accept their entirely burnt offerings and sacrifices on my altar. My house will be known as the house of prayer for all peoples, says the eternal God, who gathers Israel's outcasts. I will gather still others to those I have already gathered. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the Gospel of John. Some people from Greece were among those who had come up to worship at the festival. They came to Philip who was from Bethesda in Galilee and made a request. Sir, we wanna see Jesus. 
Philip told Andrew and Andrew and Philip told Jesus. Jesus replied, the time has come for the human one to be glorified. I assure you that unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it can only be a single seed. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Those who love their lives will lose them, and those who hate their lives in this world will keep them forever. Whoever serves me must follow me. Wherever I am, there my servant will also be. My father will honor whoever serves me. Now I am deeply troubled. What should I say? Father, save me from this time? No, for this is the reason I have come to this time. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and I will glorify it again. The crowd standing there heard and said, it's thunder. And others said, an angel spoke to him. Jesus replied, this voice wasn't for my benefit, but for yours. Now is the time for judgment of this world. Now this world's ruler will be thrown out. When I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw everyone to me. Jesus said this to show how he was going to die. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. When Clara Sio heard about last Tuesday's mass shooting in the Atlanta area, she felt as though someone had taken a melon baller and took a tiny round scoop out of her heart. When Amelia Pang heard how six of the eight people murdered in cold blood were Asian American women, she thought of her mother. Like some of these women, Peng's mother was an immigrant from China who worked for low pay and dreamt of a better life in the United States. When news reached her, Bonnie Sui was preparing to teach a class of medical students about public health's history of racism against Asian Americans beginning with the 1832 cholera epidemic, which the New York Board of Health labeled the Oriental Cholera, and stretching to today's crass phrase, the China virus. So we felt sadness and anger like a weight on her chest. After centuries of Asian American women being treated like objects for white men to exploit, now a young white man, a church-going man even, had shed innocent blood to eliminate temptation. 
this week as I read powerful words about being treated as a perpetual foreigner, I turned to the Gospel of John, hungry for some good news. And there I found some Greeks who shook their heads at our tragic world. They knew all about it. The gospel writer simply calls them Greeks, reducing their story to their ethnicity. Oh, but what a story they could tell. They have come to Jerusalem for Passover. And like Jesus, they probably traveled a ways to get there. All the way from Greece, do you think? Or are they immigrants living in Judea or to the north in Syria? See them journeying down the same roads where Jesus walked. Dusty, sweaty, tired, and curious. Last year, their friends made the trip to the holy city and came back with stories about a healer and teacher named Jesus, who taught in the synagogues of Galilee and who had caused a stir in the temple. On the way, our Greeks have heard that name drifting through the travel caravans spoken in a dozen different languages. Jesus, Yeshua, Jesus. Start asking around with them. Where can we find this Jesus? In my mind's eye, it's like looking for someone in Times Square. Not a big place, but loud and crowded and distracting. And I imagine a fair amount of hand gestures and facial expressions. Where? See? Jesus? Finally they find a fellow Greek, Philip. At least he has a Greek name and he's from Bethesda, a multicultural city. Can you hear them talking to each other, speaking the same language, but with different accents? Sir, we want to see Jesus. Even though the gospel writers told Jesus's story in Greek, we know that the man from Nazareth conducted his ministry in Aramaic and Hebrew. So picture Philip and Andrew acting as translators, trying to convey words whose meaning Christians still find hard to grasp. Words like, I assure you that unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it can only be a single seed. <laughs> 
but if it dies, it bears much fruit. Those who love their lives will lose them. And those who hate their lives in this world will keep them forever. Whoever serves me must follow me. Wherever I am, there my servant will also be. When I went to our sacred scriptures this week, I wanted what our Greek friends wanted, to see Jesus. And when I sat with them at the Savior's feet, I heard them murmuring to each other, saw them nodding their heads. They know what it's like to die like a grain of wheat, what it's like to shed layers of protection in order to become something new. Whether they are Jews in Greece or Greeks in Judea, they have been outsiders. They have seen friends and family try to assimilate to the dominant culture in order to stay safe. But those who love the idea of security always end up losing something in the bargain. Sometimes, literally, their life. And they know about hating, too. They have come to Jerusalem for Passover to worship the God of Exodus and to love this God. To love this God is to hate everything about this world that enslaves, oppresses, belittles. Can you hear the invitation in Jesus's voice? Even as Andrew translates the words, Whoever serves me must follow me. Will you follow me? The scene shifts before we can hear the Greeks answer, but their answer isn't nearly as important as ours. Will we follow Jesus? Will we be his servants? And if the answer is yes, then how do we feel about dying and rising into something new? Personally, I'm not keen on dying, but Chef Amy Chaplin has given me a new way to hear Jesus's words. In her cookbook, she dedicates a whole page to phytic acid, the naturally occurring chemical that preserves whole grains, beans, and seeds. It's a handy coating that lets that bag of beans on your shelf stay without going bad. You know, the one, the bag you've been meaning to get to. A little phytic acid won't kill you but it will interfere with your body's absorption of crucial minerals like zinc, magnesium, iron, 
calcium. That's why Chef Amy soaks her beans overnight, letting the water slowly infiltrate and immobilize the protective phytate and free up the nutrients inside. Listening to Jesus speak after this rough week, one rough week in a whole year of rough weeks, I hear his invitation to soak in his presence. Be here with me, Jesus says, in the mess and muck of life. Be here with me, he says, with our Greek sisters and brothers and with other people whose language and culture and skin color are different than yours. Be here with me, Jesus says, immersed in God's covenant love. Let the waters of baptism seep through your outer layer of self-preservation. Like a grain of wheat, washed in the springtime rains, new life will sprout and grow within. Jesus' invitation to dive deep might be just what you need to hear today. Or maybe you would prefer not to get wet, thanks all the same. However we answer, that doesn't change God's faithful love. On our Lenten journey, we have pondered God's covenant promises, a rainbow promise for the whole creation, a surprising promise for an elderly couple, a guiding promise to all who yearn to live in freedom. None of those promises can be canceled. And that goes for the gracious words we heard proclaimed from the prophet and the gospel writer as well. Just ask the Greeks and they'll tell you about the eternal one who welcomes immigrants home to a house where prayers rise in every language. They'll proclaim the radical acceptance of Israel's God, whose family is definitely not traditional, where members who cannot or choose not to bear children are valued as highly as those who bring children into the world. Listen to the Greeks, quote Isaiah, I will gather still others to those I have already gathered. And even though we've heard Jesus describe how he will soon die, lifted up on a Roman cross, we know that death is not the end of his story or ours either. Daring to trust in the impossibly good news, we can glimpse in his defeat a victory over hatred and violence 
Like defiant blades of grass sprouting in the cracks of the sidewalk, breaking the arrogant cement, the Savior will throw out the ruler of this world. Listen to Jesus, who says, I will draw everyone to me. Everyone. Even those of us who are unsure about hating life in this world and uncertain about dying to our ideas of who we are and how the world works. Even us, even to us, the Spirit calls through the scriptures. Even for us, God's faithful love endures forever. Even us, Jesus draws near to his side. And even now, Jesus has got those eight victims of Tuesday's violence safe in hand. Even now, he is speaking their names with tenderness. Zhao Jie, Hyun, Delena, Dao Yu, Paul, Soon, Young, Son, I give you my peace, not as the world gives. And even now, Jesus is with grieving families and in the jail cell with the perpetrator. Even now, Jesus is marching in the streets, calling for an end to attacks on Asian Americans, which have increased dramatically since the onset of this pandemic. Even now, Jesus hears prayer angry, sad, uncertain, silent prayers. Prayers of all who long to see the God of Exodus, the eternal one, depose the ruler of this world for good. Wherever Jesus is, there his servants will be also. And if you're not sure where Jesus is, friends, follow the Greeks. Look for stories where dividing walls have tumbled down. Look for people who have let their guard down for love's sake. Look, but better yet, let yourself be drawn into Jesus' amazing grace, a grace that will always seek you out, a grace that will never, never turn you away. For such grace, let us give all glory and all gratitude to God, whose goodness does indeed Shine on us. Amen. Glory to God, whose goodness shines on me, and to 
Yeah. 